Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I'm Brad Mason. I'm here once again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And there she is, sitting to the right-hand side of me. Um, we are back again for another episode um, of The Abnormal Christian, and we're glad that you're joining us um, and continuing to listen to the podcast. I want to thank everybody up front for um, coming back and, and listening to the new episodes or listening to the old episodes and uh, really helping the podcast um, you know, get out there and spread the message of Jesus, Yeshua, the gospel. Um, to the world. Uh, this month, so far, it looks like we're uh, kind of back on track as far as listens go. Uh, in the middle of March last month, the the coronavirus thing took off and we saw a steep decline um, pretty quick for about a week where I think everybody got sheltered in place and um, it really shook up our lives and what we were doing. And uh, And we understand that. And that's fine. It's absolutely fine. We've never really been, we, we enjoy uh, keeping track of the uh, the information, the analytics that come along with the podcast. We love seeing that people are listening. Um, it really encourages us. And I want to thank you for that. It motivates us to want to keep going and to keep um, exploring um, our relationship with the father and uh, the son to really find that different place in our life where we can be a little bit abnormal from everyone else around us um, through uh, study and understanding of God's Word. So in this week, we're going to be looking at uh, just really the resurrection of, of Yeshua, of Christ, was this week. Um, if you're a fan of the podcast or you've listened long enough, you know that we have biblical opinions and biblical information that give us the uh, correct timing and correct um, timing also of the resurrection. Um, and we can delve into that a little bit more if you maybe you're listening and this is the first time you've you've gotten into that. But um, for us, we understand that Yeshua Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father at the end of the Sabbath on Saturday afternoon around 6 p.m. Um, and so we're we're so happy that the Father had resurrected the Son because everything that we believe, everything that we hope for, everything that we are hinges upon that very uh, that one very instance. Um, had he not raised the son from the dead, uh, then the Bible itself would have been uh, inconsequential. It wouldn't have mattered. I mean, the, really the things that are in it um, would have really not held any importance for us in our lives. But because Christ was raised from the dead, we know all these things are true. Um, and that is what a Christian lives by. It's by that faith that we know. He was resurrected and raised up. And in that day, in that last day, the Father says, we'll be raised up and resurrected again. Um, so, really, looking at this week, uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, really, I think we we'll get into. So, uh, I, the coronavirus thing drives us a little crazy because it's just so much around us. If you've been out, everybody's aware of this. It's driving everyone nuts. We all want it to go away. Um, we all want it to stop uh, interrupting our lives, um, and, and that's a big deal. So, I think it really drove. One of the things we've talked about is it's really driven um, people to online church services. And if 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 I had to title this episode, I'd probably call it "Clone Christianity," um, and really about uh, what we're seeing. So, we see a lot of people, and and it's wonderful. And if your church is going to um, Facebook Live or Zoom or whatever these other alternatives are, and you're broadcasting your your um, Sunday service or Wednesday service. Fantastic. Um, I know the past week or so I've actually got to listen and see a few different churches and sermons, um, people preaching that I haven't seen in years um, because it wasn't part of the everyday uh, church cycle. Uh, it was always, uh, you had to come here to hear this, you know. You would listen to the old sermons on the radio and the old pastors and preachers, but um, if you wanted to see them or you wanted to hear that, you had to be in the building on a Sunday morning. So this is really, this whole thing is really upset how we uh, are, are worshiping the Lord, how people are getting together and gathering in the name of Jesus. 
Um, so earlier in this week, I'd gotten into a conversation with someone about that, and they were very. Um, there's there's this feeling uh, among some, not all, um, that religious liberties could be in jeopardy, and um, and I don't really think that's the case. Uh, I think the um, the Department of Justice came out this week and said that states have to be very careful. Um, on what they're doing to limit uh, church gatherings. There's been some that have had the drive-in church. Have you heard of that one? Mm-hmm. Where they show up and uh, I, I guess the guy's got a PA system, the preacher, and he's preaching and you just kind of roll your windows down and you breathe in your car. Um, and so a couple states tried to stop that. They tried to limit that because they thought that was a threat. Um, and the Department of Justice said, yeah, you really can't violate the Constitution because the very first thing in the Constitution is the freedom of religion. Um, and it's very important. And, and I think a reason I bring this up is because I still have a lot of people I know who um, they feel like this is this whole coronavirus thing in the United States is an opportunity for the government to snatch away our liberties. Um, they say it is a scam or fake. Yeah, it's, they're saying it's not real and people aren't really sick and dying. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I grew up, um, and we've talked on this before, but I grew up in a household um, in the 80s and 90s. The uh, Independent Fundamental Church was very much uh, seeing Jesus around every corner, which is fine. We should be looking for his coming. We should be paying attention to the signs that are around us. Um, But it also led to the people who were very uh, anti-government kind of, I won't say paranoid, but... Conspiracy theorists. Yeah, man. This is the reason X-Files was so huge during our growing up, is because conspiracy theories were everywhere. People loved a good conspiracy theory. And, uh, and I mean, there's, there's podcasters and, and television hosts that have made a living off of uh, perpetuating these conspiracy theories. And so I think we look at the same thing as coming up again. It always rears up during uh, tragedy. But people are afraid that the government is going to go too far and is going to um, squash our civil liberties, um, violate our, our constitutional rights. And uh, to a point, um, you know, I agree with that. I understand that. We don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. Uh, I told Natasha this week, I will be one of the first ones to fight with somebody if the government came in and said, you can no longer ever do this. You know, you can no longer ever worship the Lord. You can no longer gather with believers ever and praise God. That would put us in a position of um, like China, where the people have the underground churches and the home churches and they're meeting in secrecy because they're not going to, uh, they're not going to miss that gathering together. Um, and so I'll speak at email, not email. And I was on Facebook with somebody this week and the guy said, you know, forsake, not the assembling of yourselves together, which offers the manner of some. And I'm like, that's not what anybody's saying. I'm not saying, you know, cause I had made the comment that, um, it's not going to hurt us. It's not going to kill us. We're not going to go to hell if we miss a Sunday service. If we miss 10 Sunday services, if you miss 100 Sunday services, it's not, you know, when you get, this is anyone who's listening to this, I want you to open your Bible and find the point in there where it says, when you die and go to heaven, God is going to roll out the scroll of how many times you went to church. It's not in there. It doesn't exist. Um, I think you you have to love gathering with believers um, because they're our brothers and sisters. We had uh, some friends of ours over I think last at the end of last year, um, Chris and Amy, and they came over and they're believers, and we fellowshipped with them, and it was absolutely fantastic. Fisher, um, you called you're, him huh? Chris. Yeah, I know, because uh, <laughs> that's his name. But they came over, and we had a Is great. Is that really his name? <laughs> yes, I know. I call him Fish all the time. His last name's Fisher. But I thought his first name was Travis. Uh, yes, middle name, first name, all that. Sorry, uh, we just put your first. Yeah, and last just put name your in. put your business out there, Fish. Um, so anyway, um, 
they're at a congregation in Georgia if you want to find them. So they'll be happy to have you there. But anyway, they came over and we had a good time. We sat and we talked and we really talked about the Lord and we had a wonderful opportunity. You know, it's just a great time fellowshipping with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have that. But to me, that's not what happens in church. No, I don't think it is either. I think um, uh, between the time that someone says stand up and shake hands, that's what we so do. You just sit and you're talked at. Right. That's true. I agree with that. Um, but I think at the same time, there's still that family gathering. The people are praying together. The people are um, they're taking communion together. Or we'll call that mini Passover. They're having mini Passover together. Uh, but it is the same type of an idea of, of fellowshipping together with the family. And uh, and I will always be on the side of protecting that for the believers. That we should always protect that. That we should have that desire to want to be around other believers. I've said it before. It's easier to do right when you're around people who want to do right. Um, it's easy to sin when you're around people who want to live in sin. I mean, it's just this nature that we have um, that there's that you know that fight in us that we're we want that fellowship. So, anyway, getting back to the story, the uh, the gentleman was just really incensed that I had said that that you can't believe that you wouldn't want to gather. You're forsaking the. I'm not saying we should forsake the assembly. I'm saying we should use our brains a little bit. Um, the the church, the congregation, the body of Christ actually began in a home. It, it was a home based thing. Um, um, in Jerusalem, yes, they had the temple, and yes, the uh, they would go up there to the temple and they would talk with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Um, but the early uh, council uh, that James was the head of, we've read that in the book of Acts, uh, was in a home. It was a home-based type deal. Um, so the majority of the gospel was spent or spread knocking door to door, going home to home. So the idea that missing our gathering in this place is going to somehow damage our relationship with God should be the furthest from the truth. Well, I think if that's if that's how you feel, that your whole foundation can be, you know, torn away because you didn't get to gather in a church building a couple of Sundays is you might want to. Um... Yeah, I, I and I said that I think you. Really, what are we worshiping? Are we worshiping God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Are we worshiping the gathering together? Is it? Is it the? And this really leads us into the clone Christianity that I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, because we've seen the Facebook live feeds and all these congregations and churches coming on Facebook, and it uh, it's it's awesome. Don't get me wrong; I'm going to say this up front: it's awesome. It's fantastic. I to mean, see. you can like pop in and yeah, get a little taste. I mean, there's some people, there's some preachers that we've talked about, Stephen Furtick out of uh, Charlotte. And, uh, and you can watch his YouTube videos, you know, you can, you can watch the things where they've kind of been edited for the crazy, crazy things he says. Um, but it's different when it's a live feed and you're actually able to see this stuff, you know, in real time. It's amazing, but it's interesting because all these churches are posting their services online. And again, it's fantastic. I think it's a great way to, um, share the gospel with others. And the key there is sharing the gospel, um, because there's a couple different kinds of gospel that are rolling around right now. You have the the social gospel, the prosperity gospel. You have the gospel of the scripture, the true gospel. And then you have a humanistic gospel, which is a self-centered, self-serving gospel. And so it's interesting that um, you were saying today that you watched one. I won't name his name. But you were watching one service. You already did. Well, now you just called him out. But you were watching one service where he was preaching, and he didn't use any scripture. Well, I don't know that I would categorize it as preaching. Okay, he was he was positively motivating. Um right. But I was mean, he, he was he was hyping. Yeah, he was hyping the crowd. He was getting them amped up, you know. I mean, there was, we know what there that was is. no crowd there because what? Oh, <laughs> they couldn't have church, but um he was getting 
amped up. Right. He was trying to uh, em, em, engage people emotionally. And it was it was very well produced. Okay. And I could see how people really like it. Would be very drawn to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, and so she was able to watch in. And the time she was watching uh, him, I texted her and I said, hey, you need to watch this other one out of um, Arizona. Uh, Redeemer Church out of Arizona. We've talked about Coasty Hen before, um, but I absolutely love what they're doing there. Uh, I think it's a very gospel-oriented church. But what's the other guy's name? The preacher? Yeah. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> and that's bad. But like man, I know his face. You know, honestly, and, and, this, and honest, that's the honest truth, right? I think that's the honest truth of the gospel. Um, because if that guy was in the room, I would say, hey, that was a great sermon, but I don't know your name. And you know, he probably wouldn't be offended by that. He probably could care less if anyone even knew who he was. Um, I've, I've read time and time again, there are the old pastors, old preachers used to say um, when they were on the radio, nobody ever saw their face. And they, they would, they were, I've read some and said, I don't want anybody to ever know who I am. They don't need to see me. They need to hear the word of God. That's what they need to know. They don't need to know my name. You know, um, I think one of the things when I was growing up in church too was the um, the name dropping, right? So, yo, old brother so and so is coming to preach at our church. You know, brother so and so from over there, brother so and so, and bro-. and it was almost like if you didn't know this guy, then you weren't in the in crowd. And so, name dropping was a thing. Um, but honestly, the Redeemer Church in Gilbert, Arizona—that's where it's at. Um, I used to live in Arizona when I was a kid. Don't think I've ever been to Gilbert. Um, but if I was there, I would definitely go to Gilbert, Arizona too. Uh, well, we were supposed to be going to Arizona this week. We were coronavirus punched that in the face. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, we were going to actually stop by the church there, Redeemer mm-hmm. Church in Gilbert, Arizona, because we just really—I'm uh, really curious to see what they've got going. Everything we hear from them, um, the gospel is at the fore. Like I said, it's at the forefront of what they're doing, and I'm a huge fan of that. If your church is preaching a gospel uh, message with love and truth, man, Brad Mason, Natasha Mason, we're going to be right there to support you to say, keep it going, right? Um, but with clone Christianity, and this is where we're working on this episode to keep going around to it, um, really comes out when we're um, seeing all these Facebook live feeds, right? And you're going to, if you've seen this on uh, today, being that it's um, Easter for a lot of people, um, you saw it today when the, you were scrolling through your Facebook feed and you could go from one to the next and to the next. Because you can see it yeah. happening, but you can't hear the audio, right. but you can get a visual. And so I'm going to, I'll give you a quick, just a quick uh, description and you tell me if it's you, maybe it's your ch- congregation. Um, uh, so it's got a dark background, right? It's a really dark background. You got four or five people up there standing in front of microphones, right? The lights are hitting them. There's kind of maybe some, there's either a cool uh, wood panel background, you know, like the boards, or it's all black and it's got like laser lights across it. Uh, maybe there's like smoke rolling out across the stage, you know, really setting that. Cause I saw one today that was absolutely amazing. I mean, it was like, uh, I told Natasha, it reminded me of a 1980s techno video. It was just like all black. Everybody's wearing black. The stage is black. And they're just they're this, silhouetted from behind. Yeah. And there's just like this white smoke that is just rolling. It's like they're standing on the clouds of heaven. It was just absolutely amazing. But the, but what I'm saying about clone Christianity is, is when you scroll up to the next one, it looks the same thing. You scroll up to the next one, they're singing the same songs. You scroll to the next one, he's preaching the same message. You scroll to the next one, it's all... the. It, all looks the same. Um, and, and, and in some ways, you know, Christ, I know the scripture says that Jesus said, Father, may they be one in me as I am in you, right? Um, 
But that's being one in Christ. It's not being um, a reflection of another congregation or another church or the new thing that comes in, right? And and, and for ages, we could argue over this. Um, I, I guarantee you back in the 1800s, there were ministers who uh, were dressing like the, the next latest and greatest minister they just saw, and their church had a piano, just like the church over there had a piano, you know. And people have had this this gripe for centuries. Um, but it, but now, it's, it's, it's funny because you can see it. It's this idea that I'm not hip unless my hair is dyed blonde and, you know, um, we, I'm we, wearing a couple chains. Yeah. I got it's, it's 95 degrees outside and I got a toboggan on. I'm, it's just style, right? It's all style. That's really what it comes down to. Skinny but, jeans. <laughs> hey, I got skinny <laughs> jeans. But anyway, um, so it, what it comes down to is, and you say, Hey, you're picking on the way people dress. Jesus doesn't care about that. He doesn't care how anybody looks. True. I would disagree. Well, I would disagree with that in some points. Um, but yes, I would say it's the heart that matters, right? So um, when we really got down, we were discussing this. Natasha said, uh, would you listen to someone? And she knows because she knows me. Would you listen to someone who was dressed like that, who tried to preach to you? And I was, and honestly, I, I said, yeah. I or mean, would you just totally disconnect would you shut them to begin off? with? I, I think when I scroll through that stuff, and maybe it's because of preference. This could be preference, um, just like music is a preference. Um, I think when I roll through that, it's not my preference. I don't want to go to a, um, I don't want to go to a rock show. I don't want to go to a. Uh, it's just your first impression is. My first impression is that is a worldly setting. It's just, it looks like I went to see some worldly band singing their music. And, and for me, that's not what I want. I don't want that. Um, you know, I'm so very much uh, protective about emotionalism. I get excited about the Word of God, but everything else that is around that, I'm very protective of. I don't want to be emotion. I don't want somebody to drive me to some kind of emotion or some kind of frenzy. Um, the Word of God itself is going to make you feel a certain way. Um, and generally, it makes you feel one of two ways. It's either going to give you peace or it's going to give you uh, conviction uh, because that's what the, what the Word of God does. It convicts us of our sins. Um, and once we're made right with God, then we have the peace that passes understanding. So there's two things it does there. But I don't need somebody trying to um, amp me up, you know, really uh, get me all worked up into a, a where I'm about to jump out of my skin and scream and holler. I get that. Um, but I think that if the message is not solid along with that, then that's a little bit of a manipulation that comes into it. Um, and we, we talk about this too, because, uh, you're sitting listening to us and I'm sure you're having this thought. Oh, these are, uh, what would you call it when, uh, when we sit and we watch these things and we go, ah, no, not again. Right. So we're poo-pooing. We're, um, we're Debbie Downing. Yeah. We're Debbie Downing. So, you know, and it seems that I way. I mean, cause I tell you sometimes I'm like. Why are we really, why are we, maybe we shouldn't be so judgy. And, and it seems, so we were talking, she said that today. Maybe she, we shouldn't be so judgy of this stuff. And I said, when it comes, and this is the way I really feel. Um, it, I'm glad you're listening to the podcast. Thanks for sticking around. But the way I really feel is, is that uh, when it comes to my soul and eternity and my relationship with God, you are, as a believer, responsible to judge every word that comes into your ear, that you take into your life, that uh, that someone would stand in front of you and preach. You know, I've been, I've been exercising and working out for a couple, well, maybe a year now. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've exercised over the years. 99% of exercising is really based on one thing, 
eating. If you want to lose weight, it's about your eating. It's not about the exercise. It's about what you eat. Um, if you want to stay healthy, it's about what you eat. I, I've got type 2 diabetes. If I want my diabetes under control, it's about what I eat. It's about what I drink, right? I can exercise all day long trying to get this in the right way. But that stuff that I'm feeding myself, you see where I'm going here? That stuff that I'm feeding myself is what's going to keep me alive. It's what's going to make me healthy. It's what's going to give me life. And so when we look at... Um, Take a pastor and his message and just consider that's food. Because really that's what the scripture, the Bible says the word of God is like the bread of life, right? It's it's this, this nourishment, this sustenance that we have. And you take a pastor who puts this plate in front of you and he offers you his version of this food um, and you've got to take it in. So should you... Should you look at that food? Is that food going to hurt me? Is it going to help me? Is it going to make me healthy? Is it going to help me grow? You know, these are questions we have to ask. And a lot of people don't want to ask these questions because, oh, now you're being judgmental because you're saying that what he provided you was not healthy. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people out there who are providing a lot of fast food. They're handing these hamburgers out to you when you go to church, and they're not giving you good meat to eat. They're not giving you good bread and good fresh water. Um, They're giving you things that are corrupted by opinion. Highly processed. Exactly. And so you're going to say, we could sit here and say, wow, you're just being a Debbie Downer. No, I want to make sure that the things that I'm taking in are the truths of God's word. Because without everything else is just going to fade away. If it's not a truth, if it's not accurate, if it's not, and I love details. We, we talk about the Bible, we study the Bible, but I love details. And I love to come to Natasha with details and say, oh, look at this. Look at what I found out today. Look at what I studied and learned. Um, because those details, I feel like those are, that's the stuff that's helping me grow closer to the Lord. It's giving me that joy in my heart, in my life, that's making me like, oh boy, I learned something, you know. And so that's what, being to me, that's an abnormal Christian because most people want the fast food. They want that quick fix. Hey man, hit me with something real quick and I'll roll on out the door and I'll come back next week, you know, and and I'm going to still be hungry because what I had wasn't enough to satisfy. Um, And so when you get down to the the root of it, um, the gospel has to be pure and plain, just like Jesus rose from the dead. That is a pure and honest fact. That's not fiction. That is history. That is something that really happened. And we we base everything we know around that, um, that one thing. I had mentioned a long time ago um, on one of the other episodes, I'd had a friend that I worked with for years, um, and we got into this discussion. This was before he anything ever happened in his life. And I was telling him about the Bible and about Jesus and all these things, and he could not. He just was not going to have anything to do with it because, well, you know, I can't believe Noah's Ark. I can't believe that a guy took and put all these animals on an ark, and they floated around the world for 40. This is just ridiculous. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever... I'll never believe anything else in the Bible because I just can't believe that, right? And uh, so we argued about some different things. And there were just a lot of things in the Bible he could not accept because he didn't have the right story down. Now, that guy is a born-again believer today. And I guarantee you, and I might get him on the podcast sometime, but I guarantee you if I brought him in here and I set him down and said, do you believe that the flood happened? Do you believe Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden? He would sit here and say, I know it happened. I know it's truthful, and I know it's a fact because Jesus rose from the dead. If Jesus rose from the dead, everything that's in this book is absolutely accurate and is absolutely essential for life. And so, you know, when we look at this clone Christianity that's out there, where it's one church trying to emulate another, and it's one church trying to look like another, and it's one church trying to sound like another, there's a danger, a little bit of a danger, and I put it out there. Um, be careful what you're singing, 
Be careful what you're saying. Be careful what doctrine you are borrowing from one of these other churches. You've got to make sure this stuff is, is true because when you're bringing it in, you're, it's coming out of your pastor, it's coming from your singers. You are presenting this to be true to the people who are sitting in your chairs and your pews or whatever it is. And some people will just take it just as gospel. I, absolutely. And some people will take that. That's the only life they've ever known and had. And so uh, you got to be really careful with that. Now, you know, dress how you want to dress, sing how you want to sing, do what you want to do there. Make sure it's all glorifying and edifying to the Lord. And uh, it's wonderful. You want black backgrounds and, and bright laser lights, have at it um, and have a good time. But make, please make sure that the doctrine is accurate because that's the most important thing. So it's, it's been a wonderful, you know, this is a good episode, but I think it's been a wonderful weekend for us knowing that Christ has risen from the dead. This is the year 2020. Um, so it's been 2000 years. Um, but my, uh, my admonition to the body of Christ is um, that he is coming for us. He will return. If he rose from the dead like he did, he did rise from the dead. He will raise us up with him. He will return for us. As he has ascended to the heavens, to the Father, and he sits at his right hand, he will come back to gather us to himself. So no matter what the world is throwing at us, no matter what is going on around you, always remember that, uh, that God loves us. He loves us as his own son, um, and he will provide for those that he loves. And so uh, we will catch you again on another episode. Bye. All right.